What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a good show lined up for you guys today. We did our last show, and the next day came out that, that I thought, stunning pictures of the Batmobile in Matt Reeves' Batman. So it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about it, but we're finally here to do this show. So we will, later in the show, give you guys our thoughts on the new Batmobile that was featured last week. We'll also talk about, obviously, we had a big trailer come out today for Black Widow. is the final trailer. We also have some um, some box office projections that, that came out this week that I think will be interesting considering the coronavirus scare and how that may impact what the box office performance is. So we'll talk about that. We also got some uh, a lot of stuff for Thor Love and Thunder, which is pretty exciting. And we even got some stuff for Loki. So should be a great show. Our uh, our superhero TV show recap this week will be Supergirl. Um, I think we only have one episode of Supergirl to talk about. So that's uh, so obviously we'll make it you know one episode centric. But it should be good nonetheless. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Now, Shamari, one of the things I wanted to also mention on this show Anthony Mackie recently spoke to uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Shout out to them. And he was asked about, you know, what we can expect from the Disney Plus shows that will be different from the Disney the Disney Marvel movies that we've seen. And he said, quote, they're going to feel, uh, feel different in and of themselves because they're shot in a completely different way than the movies. I think people are going to be surprised by how depth in-depth and evolved the characters become by having six to eight hours to them instead of just two. Uh, so, Shamari, what do you make of, of that outlook from, from Mackie, from what we can expect different from the Disney Plus shows that we from compared to what we've seen in the Marvel shows? I mean, he's 100% right. Um, I mean, that's... It, to me, um, you know, of course, we're all Imperial Broadcast listeners. I mean, we've had the Mandalorian. We, yeah, we've, we've talked about this. We've been talking now. about stuff like this ad nauseum on yeah. our show. And like, it really is. It really does make a difference, you know. The, I mean, the Mandalorian is film quality in terms of the picture quality, in terms of the the production quality. Sure, it's all it's all movie level, mm-hmm. but it's done on a TV for a streaming service format, and it is like it to me. It's like watching a Star Wars movie in six to eight episodes or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is going to be something special, and he's he's very much right, and it's 100 percent what I would expect um, going forward. So I I mean it just gets me more hyped. And Kendall's here as well. Kendall, what do you make about the idea that we're going to learn a lot more about the Falcon and more about Bucky the Winter Soldier in this uh, in this show? Because as he says, this is not going to be two hours where they're playing a side character. Um, this is him and both of these gentlemen, kind of front and center. And we're going to explore a lot more of them than we've ever explored with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it'll kind of serve as almost like a tie-in comic, you know, type of thing where, you know, a lot of times these tie-in comics to movies or TV right. shows, they'll kind of interweave kind of the detail, the day-to-day details that we don't get from a movie. Because a movie can only tell you one story or even a TV series can sometimes only tell you one linear story. Uh, but sometimes there's, there's other things that happen to these characters. So when we see Bucky and... First Avenger, we see him in Winter Soldier and Black Panther and uh, Civil War, all these different movies. You know, he only plays one character and or two characters. You got Bucky and Winter Soldier, but like it, when there's more to this character, there's more backstory that I imagine we'll get, especially Falcon, because Falcon doesn't have much backstory outside of being Captain America's kind of right hand in this new era. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's something that. 
Uh, I'm certainly interested to see, and I'm sure we'll get. Uh, how do you feel about that, though, EJ? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very it's interesting because if you looked at the MCU and you told me who are the characters that I need to know so much more about, I want to learn so much more about, I'm going to keep it 100. I think that Bucky and Sam are probably pretty low on that list. So it's I think the excitement behind this TV show isn't necessarily about diving so much into those characters as much as you know what kind of action thriller could Marvel slash Disney create over the course of these six to eight episodes. The fact that uh, you know, and Mackie, Anthony Mackie, who plays Sam, is saying that you know he's kind of stressing the difference being that you're going to learn so much more about these characters. I'm I'm curious to see how they yeah. can make these two particular characters very interesting. It's not that, that they're not cool. I, I I love these characters, but we haven't been given that much about them. Well, Bucky a little bit more than Sam, but even even then, they both were two clear side characters. And and how much is there to kind of peel at? to get us, you know, truly engaging a television for, for six episodes or eight episodes. You know, I think when we think about what makes this show so exciting, and I I, I, you know, I was thinking about it just now before I even spoke before you asked me that question, and I would say I am most excited about this project from anything from Marvel. That includes the two movies we have coming out. But it's not from the idea of, oh, I want to learn more about Sam and Bucky. It's going to be it's right. from the what kind of story they're going to craft around yeah. Passing on the mantle from Captain America, Steve Rogers, to whatever it's going to be. It clearly looks like it's Sam, but who knows what will happen. We got to see the show. And, and, and a lot of it, well, well, a lot of that has to do with what's interesting about this is that, like you mentioned, they may have, there are probably questions about these characters and things about these characters we don't even know to ask yet. You know, like sure. there's so many stories about these characters that, you know, like Black Widow. We're going to get this Black Widow movie. They kind of tease certain things, but there's certainly going to be things popping up in this movie uh that we're going to talk about very soon that we didn't even know to ask you know for you we've been talking all all these years about black widow's origin we didn't know to think about taskmaster was going to be involved in that you know like so there could be interesting things that they uh include in this uh falcon winter soldier show uh one thing that i wanted to ask you guys at the start of this show though was about new mutants and you know they're starting to show TV spots for new mutants. Uh, you, you, you kind of you bringing bad news. Going to be the oh, uh, not necessarily bad news. Negative just, energy. Uh, <laughs> I know negative energy. Um, but I, I I just thought it was interesting because you know I've been seeing TV spots for the first time for this uh, show or for this movie rather. And I mean, first of all, it's confirmation that we're gonna that it's coming out finally. You know it, we've had trailers now for like five years, <laughs> but now that they're putting it on the TV, they can't they can't pull pull can't it back go, now. Can't go back now. Yeah. But um, the question I had was, I was actually watching Supergirl mm-hmm. in uh, preparation for this show. And I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but uh, during Supergirl, uh, there was a uh, there was a, a commercial for uh, Riverdale. And during Riverdale, it actually had one of the stars of the new movie yes. show uh, actually uh, reference that the next this week's episode of Riverdale will have a new mutant spot. Uh, a new special look, first look, or whatever, and new mutants. The reason I bring that up, and the reason I thought that was interesting, was look, Riverdale, along with you know every show on the CW, is Warner Brothers. It is great, brilliant, you ran, uh, and obviously New Mutants is owned by Disney. Yeah, which is a direct rival. Yeah, so direct competitor. So I just thought that that was very, very peculiar mm-hmm. because you will you would never see a Black Widow trailer being ran 
on Supergirl. And while New Mutants isn't Black Widow and Riverdale isn't uh, Supergirl, they're owned by the same people. So that's why I find it peculiar. I mean, I feel like... I don't know if something's afoot, but I just, I wonder what that means. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, this whole situation just sounds like, um, you know, basically it's like, I don't think that, you know, Hamada is saying to Berlain TV, whoever runs CW, the channel individually for WB, not to take any checks, no matter how large, from Disney, from the Marvel Studios, or, uh, you know, Fox, anybody. I, I mean, I think they're just, at, at this point, for something like that, I think it's just business. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think they, you know, the blood is so bad that they're just like, we won't accept any right. of your money. It could just be like, you know, how you'll have like, you know, a Wonder Woman trailer played during a Marvel movie or a, right. a Batman v Superman trailer right. played during an Avengers movie. Like, that stuff is not always, it doesn't always happen, but occasionally it does. And, uh, they, they they could easily ban that if they wanted to or stop that if they wanted to. But again, why turn down money? I just feel like this is just a little bit more uh, forward. This is just a little bit more like, all right, on your network, a commercial, you know, a preview with the actress kind of promoting New Mutants on Riverdale, which is one of Warner Brothers' yeah. premier television series. Yeah. And uh, another thing, just for me to kind of point to as well, I'll compare these this as well. He said uh, when Sony and PlayStation dropped out of E3, you know, you would think that he would be like, good, so it's all ours, you know, but no, he was like, this isn't good. I don't think it's good that these companies are dropping out because it's not good for gaming. You know, these, they, 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 Feige said the same thing. We need Warner Brothers movies to exactly. They don't want them to just fail completely. It's all good for the same. They're all industry to be healthy. They need the industry to be healthy. They need the competition, need people to be interested in this stuff. So, I mean, it's not like they have a very much of a vested interest in making sure that everything Warner Brothers fails, you know. So, I mean, if they're paying them good money advertising, I don't I mean, I don't see why they would just be like, no, your money isn't good here. <laughs> you know, we're not going to promote anything for you. What? Like I said, it's not like, you know, end game level or like Infinity War level where it's something where it's going to just embarrass you. You know, or make you look bad. For what? something like New Mutants, I would think that wouldn't be too big of a deal. What's your view, EJ? Yeah, I was I was confused because, you know, when I was looking at it, I wasn't sure if maybe the actress from New Mutants that did the spot, I thought she was on Riverdale. Like, I, I, right. like, I thought that was the only reason this was right. happening. Because I kind of was, like, now, half paying attention because it was a commercial. Um, and it grabbed my attention because I got New Mutants. Is that um, she's actually, I looked her up, she's actually... On a show that used to be on CW called The Originals that ended in 2018. Yeah. So she, I mean, I don't think she was like a main character. But she was on the show. So maybe there's just a CW relationship where yeah. it's like she used to be one of the. Yeah. I don't say a face of the network, but she used to be a face right. on the. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Face <laughs> on the network, and you know, maybe is that kind of like that's a stretch, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that is a stretch, but that that, that maybe helped maybe facilitate whatever arrangement that was yeah. happening. Because the way I look at it is, I, I think it's just a matter of look. Like, Disney uh, is going to need to promote this movie. The box office projection for this movie, while we don't know what's going to happen, seems like it's going to be an uphill battle uh, for Disney to, to end up reaping a lot of benefits from it. Just from the pure, raw 
interest in this movie at this moment in time. So for 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 the mouse, they probably feel like, look, the CW audience is one hundred percent the audience they should be trying to attract for New Mutants. The audience is a, is a it's a hand in glove fit. So I'm sure it may be it probably uh, Vampire Diaries, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you know, so so it probably cost a pretty penny. I'm sure you know it wasn't the the standard market rate. For you know, <laughs> right, Disney right. Marvel to get their content on CW, I'm sure they had to pay a little bit. They had to pay, you know, a, you know, a, some kind of tax probably onto that, uh, some kind of tariff to get their their content uh, on there. But I think it's probably worth it for them because this movie is going to do well. It's going to be that like that you know young adult teen audience to me that's going to drive it. It's not going. I don't think it's even going to be really superhero fans to be honest. Like, I think that I think that superhero fans are too sophisticated. Um, to know like everything that's happened with this movie and why it's coming out the way it is and all the delays and all the reshoots that I think they like they're not going to be the base for this anymore. I think they need to find a new base for it. And I think it's smart, honestly, to go to someplace like CW, which has superheroes on it. So it will, again, something like that will catch the attention of you and me. But I think it also will catch the attention of again the Riverdale crowd, the Supernatural crowd. Um, you know, you know that crowd that likes that kind of you know paranormal type content uh or you know teen type content like that's that's gonna end, end up being whatever i don't know what a good first what, what's a good first weekend for them 40 million 50 million <laughs> i would say like 20 honestly I mean, anything i mean what did yeah, black yeah. widow did what 39 i mean not black, i'm sorry uh, uh birds of prey uh, Okay. What did, I forgot the number of Birds of Prey did it. It was a pathetic, whatever. It was. Yeah, something around there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but I like Birds imagine, of Prey was like I can't, a I can't imagine doing worse they, or better. I mean, that's what I meant. So I can't imagine doing better. Than oh yeah, no way it's gonna do better. I wouldn't expect it to. I wouldn't. I it, again, so it's thirty. I, is thirty a good number then? Thirty. If they did thirty, they should be happy with themselves. If right. they did fifteen, you'll you'll live with it. I mean, anything anything on there is like I mean that's that's chunk change. <laughs> for them, but anything they get, honestly, is gonna be extra, considering, you know, this is just a movie they just tacked on. They didn't do much. Probably the pre post production, probably. But yeah, uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. We'll see what happens with uh, with the new mutants. But I, I'm glad I kind of brought that up because I did watch that on Supergirl today, and it was kind of bizarre seeing um, Marvel content show up on Warner Brothers. You know, Warner Brothers at work. You know, not, yeah, not, I just can't imagine Dot doing a spot for a Wonder Woman preview on Agents of Shield. Right, that was the thing. Uh, yes, it w- because it wasn't like a normal commercial. It was like it was cross promotion with Riverdale. Like that's not something. Right, you know, it was like see. watch, get ready for <laughs> you know, get ready for Riverdale when we're going to show the New Mutants preview. And I'm like, I'm like that, or I don't know, something. Yeah, that's that's that doesn't. That definitely is bizarre and weird. So, so thank you, kind of for pointing it out. But let's talk about this Black Widow trailer. So, it's the final trailer. Came out today. We're recording this podcast on Monday, March 9th. This trailer was really good. I thought. Um, I think it did everything it kind of had to do without spoiling the movie and giving away everything. I think this was, I, I said, the way I described it is very, very good. I, I won't go as far as it, great. I think this movie is kind of, it's going to have to live in the kind of unknown. Because 
There's just yeah. so many questions about it. Why it's even happening? Why it's in the past? What's going to happen? What possible story about Natasha from 2014 or something or 15, whatever uh, Civil War came out, is important for us to you know know now? Like it, it's it's they're all valid questions, but they're not questions that really a trailer for a Marvel movie should answer. Now some companies may have no problem just giving you the answer in a trailer because. Th- the, the like the protection of spoilers and the protection of continuity and, and how it affects other movies isn't as needed. So they'll just tell you w- why something's happening. You know, it's kind of like the same thing about about the Fantastic the Fast the Fast and Furious franchise again. I had the same conversation about like why Han's alive and like how I'm, they're probably going through the same thing with this next upcoming movie. Showing him was fine, but probably anything beyond that they probably have to kind of hold off on so considering that crutch that they're going to have i thought they did everything they, they needed to do i think the biggest question we needed answered was why why is taskmaster here what has he been doing why is he important and we got that answer and i like the answer i think the answer makes sense uh taskmaster is now uh, head of the red room he's basically the one who's crafted and uh, trained all these new widows that are now, I guess, wreaking havoc all over, you know, Natasha's old town and in and, and her stomping grounds. And that seems very Taskmaster-like to me, um, especially considering, you know, again, they're widows. So the idea that he is training a bunch of other women to be Natasha is like that. That's that's right on cue with what he would do and he his capabilities. Um, he's a master technician. Obviously, he can copy any other superhero's power. So the idea that he could train people in the mold of someone else makes perfect sense. And um, and I think that at the same time, what I liked about this trailer was it still kept it fun. Like, as I feel like this movie will be much darker when we actually watch it. But these trailers have made the movie just feel really fun. And I like the family aspect of it still. I, I'm almost certain there will still be a turn. Um, I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Because there are, there were, it, it seems more likely now that Taskmaster is not one of the women that we've been seeing, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with, with Natasha. It's almost certainly going to be someone else. So with that being said, um, I, I like this trail. The action still looks great. The, I think the, the interaction between the characters all hit well and were funny and made sense and uh and again the kind of explaining taskmaster's origin in a quick you know two three second soundbite which is what we needed to get we got and it makes sense so i I was completely on board i thought they did a good job with this yeah i mean i thought the trailer was fantastic i thought i thought the trailer was great personally um i mean i thought the uh the action looks like it's going to be great uh, Taskmaster is giving me a Bucky from Winter Soldier vibe, right. where he seems like he's gonna be like the crazy assassin that is very mysterious. Don't don't really know much about him, but we right. know he's just trying to kill everybody. And I, I mean, and I'm getting this vibe that there's you know kind of the teams where you have Taskmaster and the other Red Room assassins versus you know uh, uh, Natasha and uh, Red Guardian. Right. And Natasha's sister, and so I mean, you get and kind of have their factions, and they're facing off. It's going to be a crazy final battle with all the snow and the people flying in the air and falling out of the sky. It's going to be crazy. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to. It. I like the family aspect as well. This is going to be some good humor, of course, at Marvel. 
It's going to be and it's going to be high octane action. So I'm very very much looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I think that this. I don't think I agree with EJ. I, this trailer didn't like. I thought it was a solid trailer. I thought it was very good. Um, there was no real like super wow moments or OMG like. Ooh, there was not a Michael Keaton, you know, and Morbius well, moment. Well, yeah, I don't need. I, mean, I don't need those kinds of. Cheap, no I, don't, I don't think breaking. Marvel needs that right now. To be yeah, honest. they don't need. Yeah. I don't need no cheap moment where I'm like ah, you know. What I'm yeah, but yeah, no Spider Man, you know, <laughs> the Cap Shield. Yeah, but I look. I I think this Marvel. I think this movie. I think Marvel knows. The people that are going to see this movie, we're always going to see this movie. Like, And nothing you show them is going to change that. Uh, and I think they realize that the people that really weren't going to see this movie or aren't going to see this movie, there's not much you can do. Yeah. That wouldn't spoil the movie. Exactly. So, like, I agree with DJ. I think there's stuff that they probably – that's probably in the movie I've maintained, uh, and we've pretty much all maintained that there is definitely certainly something in this movie that they're not telling us. That they have probably haven't even teased. Oh, yeah. That is going to blow. That's going to blow people's mind. Yeah, yeah. That, I was going to ask you guys about that. I mean, Kendall is very firm about it. You seem firm about it, also, Sham. You, we we're going to get that moment in this movie, right? There's no doubt about it. Because they didn't, they didn't yeah. give us yeah. that. You didn't give us any reasoning in this trailer I mean, to believe that it's going to happen. Yeah, there's probably going to be something in the movie, and there's definitely going to be something post credits. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's probably going to be something. Feige's comments, we keep going back to yeah, Feige's comments. He said Talking it. about the future of the MCU is going to yeah. be shaped by this movie. Yeah, and it's like, it's that doesn't make any sense. So there's got to be something in the movie. Right. So, uh, look, I mean, I think Taskmaster, biggest takeaway. This was, to me, I, you know, if I dubbed this, I would dub it the Taskmaster trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, because we got, like EJ said, we needed, we don't need to know necessarily who Taskmaster is, but we need to know what he's about. Why where he came from yeah why he's a threat and you know because look we all we knew he was a villain we all believed taskmaster could be a villain of a black widow movie we're all excited about it but like for casual people they have to there needs to be an explanation of who this guy is or like where he came from you can't just say taskmaster and people are gonna lose their minds he's not like a household name yeah he's not the joker yeah he's not the joker you know like like yeah, Lex Luthor, you just say, and it's like, oh, wow, this right. this looks interesting. So you have to kind of explain who he is. And so, I don't know, uh, you know, the explanations they've given, I mean, him watching the film, like he's Peyton Manning of Black Widow and, yeah. and Iron Man 2, uh, and, you know, him pulling out the vibranium, or I don't know if it's vibranium, but him pulling out the panther claws, yeah. like, like Black Panther, and him with the Hawkeye uh, bow and arrow, like, they're really obviously he has cast he has a shield yeah, like Captain America shield, cap shield yeah you know like they're really going full tilt with the this guy is like all the Avengers in one, um, that's yeah. gonna be really cool to watch. I mean it's certainly gonna be cool to watch. So this is I guess this is right after Civil War. So you know he he's gonna be picking this stuff up. I would imagine. Um, I, it, I for me I I guess my biggest question again goes back to what's the elephant in the room or what's the giant what's the giant thing that we don't know about and that wasn't teased in this in this trailer right um there's also a poster that came out yeah yeah poster's dope. poster's dope i like it poster's dope it's really good my question is we got i we got the the one guy uh he's played the actor ot favangeli and what's interesting is he's in the poster, 
but he's not in any of the trailers. And from what we know about his character, they say he's supposed to be a Natasha love interest. I'm like, you're saying he's a scroll? Uh, is he Taskmaster? I almost think that he's got to be at this point, right? You, that's what you would think. <laughs> like, is he Taskmaster? Why wouldn't you show this guy? And part of me, I don't want to go back to the whole Slipknot Suicide Squad. Like he's obviously going to get his head blown up because they don't because of the way they're marketing this movie. But I wonder if that's what this is. Like, are they are they being so protective of the of the story that they're giving it away? I don't know. I don't I, like for a long time. I didn't know this guy was in the movie. There were some. There I was didn't a, know he was in the movie. There was some. <laughs> stuff, yeah, there was some stuff being sprinkled in of like, oh, we might have to watch for this actor. He could be Taskmaster. Who knows? But I didn't think much of it because I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe he is, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look too much into it because I, you know, I want to see the movie. But then when you put the guy on the poster, but you don't say anything about the guy's character, I, I don't know. Again, though, maybe that's a misdirect. Maybe they want you to think that oh, this guy has to be Taskmaster, and then it ends up being Elena, or it ends up being, you know, it's like regarding. I would imagine, but like, I don't know. I have through, I've heard, I've seen some people speculating. About the big what, OMG moment of the movie, potentially, uh, one thing could be that what if her sister and her swap faces? And that the person that we see in Endgame is actually her sister. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what people have thrown out there. That's something that they could do in this movie. Why would they swap faces? I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I don't. I don't. Sometimes I, I always wonder. I'm like, why do people pretend like they know anything about what this movie's about? But with that being said, I mean, why wouldn't they? Or like, why couldn't they? I would. I should say. There are some people. Uh, I. Yeah, the I technology don't, that we know, you know, probably yeah. could exist. Um, there are some people who are suggesting. I mean, we know it exists because I mean, she did it at that in Winter Soldier. But at the same time, like, why yeah, wouldn't – why, like, to me, like, Which wouldn't – wouldn't Red Skull have known that this is an imposter? Like, would That's it, what people are brought Therefore, brought like, therefore, like, you know, Clint's love for her would have been not real? That's what you would think. Like, that would be a big plot hole to me. They'd have to really try to explain that away. Like, <laughs> right. Red Skull should know that. Yeah, I mean, like that. yeah, I guess you could explain it by saying, hey, like, he loved this body and this – face he's seeing so therefore the sacrifice is real for him even if he doesn't know that it's not really a sacrifice but that just seems that seems really cockamamie and really like trying to like take away like the um what's the word i'm looking for like the the stakes of like what happened in that movie yeah you cut the teeth from you cut the teeth um people have pointed out that ot had put out a when he tweeted the poster that he had the hashtag tm among the <laughs> well yeah but also put a hashtag tm right. hashtag taskmaster hashtag you know mask hashtag shield hashtag sword he didn't say all that but oh, i was like really <laughs> yeah, no, no sorry, yeah, i thought you were dead serious yeah, I was I was like, wow like wow what's like like you're right but like but he did put you know hashtag black widow hashtag marvel hashtag tm yeah on the poster people are like, all right the yeah. trailer so. i just don't get why like this guy being taskmaster is such a big deal well i feel like it's something that we're supposed yeah, to know in movie i think it's supposed to be like i said i haven't heard anything about this character this movie has been very quiet in the way they marketed it but um which i also think is interesting but regardless um someone brought up that the character is supposed to be a love interest for natasha so 
could it be interesting if Natasha's love interest in the movie, I guess before Banner or after Banner, I don't know, I don't know how it works. It's, but yeah. <laughs> after Banner. But yeah. If Natasha's love interest in the movie um ends up being uh Taskmaster. Like you know, a villain. Yeah, I, someone who's training the next version of Widows and like, I, I don't know, I just feel like it's such a superhero trope. That I don't, I don't know. If that's something that needs to yeah, be hidden. I personally don't want to see that, but because it would be too obvious. It would be and way even too- beyond, even beyond like wanting to see it, I just feel like it's such a trope that anybody who was watching would is gonna pr- predict that yes. and expect that anyway. So like, what, like, is that reveal worth? With the questions they're raising about this character, I would argue it's not. If that's where they're going, I mean, honestly, I tend to, I get the feeling that his character is either uh, so insignificant. Like he's basically the Slipknot. Like he, right. he's so insignificant. He's in the cover though. He's on the he's on the poster. Yeah, he's, on the, he's on the poster. You know, but I mean, we haven't seen him in any of the promotional material. <laughs> Either A, he's insignificant. B, he has some kind of role that has to do with what Feige is talking about. Right. Where you know, where revealing his role is a spoiler, uh, which I don't know what that could be. Um. Uh. Or yeah, basically, I was gonna say C. He's like a scroll or something, right. you know, and we should, we just and just showing him at all is going to start leading people to connecting dots and they don't want that to happen. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me, that's that's where this all stands to me. Cause... How do you think this is going to? Well, I'll let you finish. No, that, I mean, that, I agree with Sham. Like, that's that that's where this that's the only way this this is going to go. He, he's that love interest that turns or he's some kind of scroll. Like that to me is all I can see. As a way that would make sense, but um, what was your question, Kendall? Well, I was going to say, how do you think this movie will end up doing in the box office? So ninety uh, to one thirty million, one hundred thirty million is the projection, which is a pretty big range. Uh, I think they don't know what coronavirus is going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just, I guess they're just being safe. Um, the coronavirus thing is just really a you know it's really a. We don't know what this is gonna look like in two months. Yeah, it's a huge wild card. I yeah. mean, I, like I want to see it, but I mean, not if I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and like I mean, to we don't me, know how bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a definitely not a doctor and definitely not a you know expert on this, but it appears like this thing is only gonna get worse before it gets better. So the question becomes: Will it get better before May? And Oxy don't look like it. I'm not saying it won't happen, but it don't look like it. So. I would expect that by the time this movie comes out, coronavirus will be part of our continuing conversation and the response to it will continue to be part of our conversation. If that isn't because, you know, last I saw a vaccine coming out till next year. So if that is the case, I don't know. I just feel like at a certain point there are there, you know, we're going to see more and more public events being shut down and public events being postponed and. People having that in their head, I'm almost certain they're going to make decisions about whether or not they should continue in doing certain certain things in their life, and that includes movies. So that would affect. I think that would end up affecting a, uh, you know, a box office number. To me, like 130 seems I, that seems ridiculous. I can't see them doing that, even without coronavirus. That's a. I, I don't think they'll do that much. I thought somewhere between ninety and hundred sounded about right. I'm gonna say if, if if the coronavirus threat is what it is right now and this isn't any worse or any better, 
I would say, I, I would say that I think ninety would be really good for them if they got ninety. I think considering uh, it may get worse and how likely that may be, I, I'm a lean towards they'll probably do something between seventy five and eighty, which I think would still be a solid opening weekend. That would be below their projections, but I mean the coronavirus thing is real and it is going to affect some people, whether they decide to go out to the movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that with this, um, I also think it depends on what reveals are, are made during this movie. That's true. Too. I mean, if the words start to spread that, yo, you gotta see this movie if people you want to know, it, yeah. then people are gonna see it. You know, words if words spreads like that, where it's like, yo, you want to know what's going on in the MCU? Yeah, like to me, go like see Black Widow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know? I'm anticipating that's gonna happen, and even me, like, I I don't know what it would take for me not to see this movie. Like, even with the coronavirus stuff happening, like, I, I don't know what, I don't know. Like, I, they have to shut down the movie theater, I think. Like, just for my interest and what I like to, like, what I like to do, like, I don't see how I would not see it. So. I'd, I'd be one of those people getting a surgical mask. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, I just gotta try to be as safe as I can. Yeah, wear gloves and surgical mask. Yeah, wear the gloves and just eat, just my, don't, pop, yeah, eat my popcorn. Don't just, interact with anybody. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm show up with the, with the, uh, with the Lysol wipes. Just wiping down yeah. my seat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just pull up with them. Purell. Yeah, Purell um, all over the place. That's that's gonna be that's gonna that would just so be my vibe. The other quick theory on Taskmaster I've seen thrown out is what if Taskmaster is not one person? What if he's multiple people? He or she. I was gonna I was thinking about that a little bit also just now. Because we um, think about, you know, people who are ruling out if Elena, ruling out if the other one, or Red Guardian, because we see them with Taskmaster in the trailer. Is there any canon? I don't think there's any canon basis for that, right? Not that I know. Yeah, not that. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's Tony Masters. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. Me neither. It, it seems like I think it's a possibility. Personally, I don't want that to be the case, but I think it's a possibility. I would agree with that, too. I'd agree I'm excited that. to see uh, Florence Pugh's character. She, um, she's got it. She got it. She caught a lot of rave reviews. Uh, during Oscar season, uh, uh, for Little Women, she was nominated for that, uh, for Best uh, Supporting Actress. So she's also going to be a supporting actress in this one. So it should be interesting to see uh, what her performance is like, whether or not we see her more of her in the future of the MCU, or whether or not she's a one-off. <laughs> she very well could be either one. Yeah, I mean, but I think of all the, of all the all the casting. All the castings they made for this movie, I think hers was the one that was definitely the one that raised the most eyebrows because of, you know, what she's just already accomplished with the future hold of her in Hollywood. Um, putting her next to someone like, uh, uh, what's the name? Um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Like, I, I agree. I think that Florence Pugh is, is probably definitely the, the actress that I think we're both most going to be interested in. Um, she's only 24 years old, so you know, we know, you know, Feige trying to put together, you know, what the future of Marvel looks like. We could get a very good picture and see if, if Florence is involved with that after this uh, movie is over, uh, one way or another. Let's um, let's move on now, though. Let's talk about um, Love, Thor, Love and Thunder. So we had two major big news happening this week. So for starters... Um, earlier in the week, uh, Tessa Thompson had revealed that Christian Bale will be playing the villain of this movie, Thor Love and Thunder. We knew that he was in 
talks to be in the movie. We do not know for what role. Now we're getting more clarity on that. There was obviously people hoping he would potentially be Better Ray Bill. Better Ray Bill is not a villain, so that seems unlikely that that's happening. Though I guess Marvel could do whatever they want, so who knows what exactly if that's still a possibility. Um, but Bale officially, not officially because they haven't announced, but you know, according to someone on the cast, is on board and will be a part of this movie as the villain of the film. Also, uh, Vin Diesel came out and said that Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow will indeed appear in this movie as well. So we all saw at the end of Endgame, they definitely teased that the Guardians and Thor were going to have a relationship moving forward. We weren't sure if that was going to culminate in anything in regards to uh, Thor. I think most people would definitely assume that he'd be in Guardians, but here we're getting that he's going to be, those characters will be in Thor, Love and Thunder in some capacity, which is making a lot of fans very excited considering the Guardians are such a popular property and franchise. I'll give this to Kendall first. Uh, which one of these two uh, news nuggets excited you the most? Well, first, I mean, you mentioned the the, the Bale uh, confirmation being the villain. I still wouldn't rule out Better Ray Bill. Because uh, like you said, there are some iterations where he's more of an anti-hero type thing, mm-hmm. uh, an adversary... And I mean, look, and I don't, I don't want us to just pigeonhole Bale into this. Why aren't you Beta Ray Bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can be whoever he wants to be. <laughs> you know, if he, he's not Beta Ray Bell, I'm not going to be upset. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say ruin the movie, but uh, I just think about like, look, Aldrich Killian was the Mandarin, and that, obviously that didn't, that wasn't, that didn't go well. But like, <laughs> exactly. I mean, they've, they, they've made things up before. Um, <laughs> And subsequently decided to rewrite rewrite history or change history somehow. Shang <laughs> uh, Chi, but yeah, I don't know. I think the, we kind of all assumed Bale was going to play the villain because when you cast someone of that magnitude, we've seen this before in plenty of Marvel movies. When you cast someone of that magnitude, even in DC movies, particularly but particularly with Marvel, they almost always tend to be the villain. Yeah, they're not going to be a side yeah. character. Right, like uh, Robert Redford, you know, like yeah. in in Winter Soldier, like they don't they don't come yeah. in to play a side hero, you know. Or the, a only, side... the only character, I, the only actor I can think about that like definitely signed on to be someone who was a completely side character that was a big actor was uh, Sylvester Sloan. That's the yeah. one main one yeah, I can think fair. about off the top of my head. That was like, yeah, he. That's fair. Like, but like Stallone was like, it, it, yeah. But like I, I, part of me thinks like Stallone was like we kind of knew he was. They we kind of knew he wasn't being cast to be a main character. Well, I, I know that. I'm just saying like the fact that you they they got that kind of big actor to do right, right, right. Like right. they're not to getting the actors role, to yeah. do those roles for the most part. Not I, the I also think actors. about um, even like Kurt Russell. We thought we heard Kurt Russell was playing yeah. ego. You know, like that ended up being a villain role. Right. You exactly. know, like it's just it's very rare they cast like these major people. To play side character, so I think we all kind of assumed Bale would be the villain, and I mean, look, there have been people that have had theories out there. Um, I I'm not a uh, the the one that has been popular is the dude from the Jane Foster, you know the the dude from the Jane Foster storyline that was, you know, your average tech guy, your average you know Darren Cross. There's a, there's a Roxxon connection, right? Yeah, the Roxxon, the Roxxon exec. 
Roxxon Oil Company. <laughs> the, the Roxxon Oil Corporation. <laughs> uh, like, that's a story that, I mean, look, I thought when he was cast, that was the person I thought he was playing. Because just from a just from a look standpoint, like can can Bale play your average, you know, oil CEO, corrupt oil CEO guy, who is also a supervillain? Why not? So that's why that's where I look at this. That's probably who's playing. But uh, that's where my that's that's where my interests lie. I mean, the Guardians the Guardians playing a role in this movie should be interesting. Uh, Vin Diesel also said that Groot. Uh, it's gonna be called Alpha Group in this next yeah. one, so uh, some people are liking that to the King Group from the Marvel Contest of Champions, which I am not, I do not play, you know, because that's a freemium, you know, <laughs> buy to win, you know, free to play, buy to buy to win. Man, I'm avoiding that stuff like the plague. Yeah, they're yeah. adding all these new characters, they're adding everybody. Yeah, but it's like I can't. I, I can't do it. Man. So yeah, so I, I'm not one to to know anything about the King Groot story, but Vin Diesel seems to suggest that Groot's character is evolving, which is I'm glad no more Baby Groot, no more Teen Groot. Let's, let's kind of move on. From <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah, I think that they that that era of Groot being young, I think is definitely had his time, and and, and you know we're definitely in a good point to move on now. Uh, to me, I don't know about Sharon, I, I think that. I mean, it, I think it depends. I mean, the bail news is is big, but I almost lean towards the Guardians a little bit just because of the uncertainty of how big their role is. I mean, are they, you know, because some of these Marvel movies, they kind of end up being almost team up. I mean, Hulk's role in Thor Ragnarok is massive. I mean, he's not like a minor character. I mean, are the Guardians playing that kind of role in Thor Love and Thunder? That seems... That seemed unlikely to me, considering they were introducing a new Thor while also still having Chris Hemsworth on in the movie. So I'm kind of wondering how that's all going to work out, if that even makes sense in terms of inserting an ensemble cast of heroes to go along with adding a new hero, to go along with your primary protagonist that you've had for the last three movies. That like I'm not sure if it's... I mean, it's I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm not going to say it's bad news, but I'm not sure if it's... I'm not sure if it's, if it's going to end up working out, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I feel the same way. I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm more excited than anything else. Um, just because, I mean, I feel like the Guardians, their chemistry is just like, it's so automatic. I feel like you could, you could just videotape those that cast doing anything. And, and they would just have great. great chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn involved? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we truly see as well. Um... Yeah, I know, but um, but yeah, it's just I have the utmost confidence, and Taika's involved. Taika's just as good, if not better, for me. That's the one thing I was going to say too. Is I think that that's where I am excited though. Is if there was any yeah. person I would want handling those characters besides, besides James Gunn, and my Taika, my key, my TT might be the next person. Like if I had to name yeah. any director, any writer, he's just as good, if not better. I mean, honestly, right? His humor when it came to. <laughs> Um, I mean, when it came to Thor and Ragnarok, I mean, it was just, I mean, it's Mandalorian even the Mandalorian episode he directed. Um, I mean, it's top notch stuff. Do we worry that this movie is becoming a little too cluttered though? Well, that's why. That's what I was bringing up. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's uh-huh. that's the worry, and that's why I think that it's the bigger story than even Bale, because we all know Bale is going to be great. Like, I mean, I think he's yeah, at Bale's this point, he's one of these actors where. 
he's going to do the job regardless of how good or bad the movie is. Like, I think you kind of just expect a certain level of excellence from him. And it's awesome that he's gotten to that point in his career. But at this point, I think that's that's pretty clear. So, mm-hmm. and he also seems to, be the kind of, seems to be the kind of guy now where if he's signing up for something, it's going to be a role that he knows he's going to kill. So, and that also, like, not to say that it's not big news that he is signing on to be the villain. I guess I just kind of have a level of expectation that I know I'm going to see. And without knowing who he's playing yet, I, it's hard for me to get so much involved with that. With the Guardians aspect, I think that is... Kendall just pointed out, and I said earlier, I think that is the question, is, you know, you got Hensworth, you got uh, uh, you got James Foster, um, of course, Natalie Portman. You're going to have Valkyrie again. Now you got the Guardians. That's my question, is, is are the Guardians really going to be in this movie, or is this, like, a cameo? Or is this, I would imagine it's a cameo. Or are they in the first 10 minutes of the movie or so? Like, you know, like, that's the part I'm trying to figure out and wonder, because like I've said before... Mm. These other Marvel team ups, they haven't really been, oh, like the character is just there for a little bit and they go away. Like Falcon, I'm not Falcon even... is there with Cap till the end. Like Hulk is there with Thor until the end in uh in, in, and... in Ragnarok. Like it would be it would be they'd be going a different route if they decided right. to do something different. Now and, to be fair I'm also sorry, just real quick, to be fair, I mean you know, Doctor Strange had a very quick cameo in Ragnarok too. So like you made a case. Well, they did it without Strange, and that wasn't bad, even though they had Hulk in it and stuff as well. But you know, that's that's still going to be something to possibly worry about. Yeah, I mean, I, I for me, I'm I'm what's worrying to me is that like the Jane Foster storyline has nothing to do with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So no, that's why I'm like, all right, so we're throwing in the Guardians. You already have Thor in there. Like I said, we already got Valkyrie in there. Where does where do we have time to now tell the whole full Jane Foster story? And I, I don't know if they are. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I'm becoming more and more concerned that this movie is not going to be as deep as it probably could be. Um, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. For, especially, I think what helps me is hearing that Taika. Honestly, hearing Taika at uh, was he at the was that at the Disney. Uh, D23 last year that he was there talking yeah, about that's when was hearing it. him talk about him wanting to tell this specific story and being glad that he was a person that Marvel or, uh, chose was Comic-Con, but... or Comic-Con yeah where he, him being had that Marvel chose him to be the one to be able to tell this story so I know that he's going to tell this story um, and he's going to do it well mm-hmm. uh, so I think this is you know I think this is going to be something crazy and he's got ideas Taika this stuff like this makes me think that Taika requested this. Yeah, know? and he is comedy is right up his alley, and the, and the Guardians are comedy gold. Yeah, I um, do agree that I don't think that this is you know because you do have the situation with it where the company thrust upon you characters right. and and story ideas that you don't want. I think Taika seems to be the kind of creative. He seems to kind of have the creative integrity that he wouldn't want. He wouldn't be throwing have stuff thrown at him and just be okay with it. So I agree. I think this is he sees a plan that he thinks he can execute well with these characters. There's no reason not to really doubt him yet, but it is, it is a lot of characters. It, do it we is... believe that he said, or do we believe, cause it, it, I, I'm seeing headlines and you don't know what to believe and what not sometimes on social media, they think they can be crafted in some way, crafted in other, you know, taken out of context. But I, I see some people saying he doesn't know whether or not it's going to be in the movie or not. The, the cancer storyline. You know, and I'm like, do we even yeah, believe that? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember we talked about that on the show, actually. I don't, um, he said it might, yeah, I feel like we talked about it, but, like, he may or may not have it in the movie. This is stuff dating just, back. To- I just feel like, I mean, I feel like could you do it without it? I mean, in theory, yeah. I just feel like it's so essential to that character's mythology. Like, it, it just, I know Jane Foster's store is relatively new, so it gives you a lot of freedom. Like, in the sense, like there, like it's not that mythology isn't very long. It's not like there's a long history of her as Thor. It's the, the history is the last six, seven years. So it's all we have, but it doesn't mean you can't do anything different. I just feel like because it's all we have, though, it just seems like that'd be a really big step to be like we're just gonna not have that aspect for her character. And if that's the case, then what's gonna make her worthy of being Thor? I I don't know. I couldn't give you the answer to that. I wouldn't know. I for me, I I wonder if it's this is going to be like in Iron Man two, which obviously Iron Man two wasn't a great movie. Um, but I, Iron Man two, they tried to do the the Iron Man demon in a bottle subplot, kind of, but they didn't they didn't go full tilt, and that's a that's a heck of a Iron Man story. It's very sad, very dark, and they 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 went half measure with it, and it was just weird. And it didn't have nearly the the impact that the the comic did. So that's where I'm like, wait, what storyline? Well, the demon in the bottle, you know, oh totally right, stark, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. alcoholism story. Yeah. They kind of kind of tried to tease it a little bit in Iron Man too, but they didn't go full tilt. It was more innuendo, more, you know, kind of, they changed it up to make it more, I guess, PG. And it just didn't work as much. And the movie didn't work. So that's why I'm like, it just ended up being weird. That's why I'm like, if they try to do that with this storyline, which is also a very powerful, but also somewhat dark story. I don't know. That's what, that's my concern. That yeah, no, I, yeah. As much as they did Iron Man 2. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I mean, when we originally had that conversation, I said that I, I would be thoroughly disappointed if they decided that they didn't want to uh, pursue the cancer route with Jane. And I think if they do, don't do anything as, uh, as, you know, something as bold, if they decide to do something different and it's not that bold, I think that that's going to be a mistake. I really do, you know. But, um, Let's uh let's move on now. Let's talk about uh what we may be seeing from Thor's brother in Disney Plus because there's been a IMDb Pro casting list that includes uh Kaylee Fleming from Walk the Walking Dead and it has her playing quote young Sylvie. Now yes. the young Sylvie name is raising eyebrows with a lot of Thor fans, Loki fans because uh, Sylvie Luston has been the comic book alias for Enchantress. So, I mean, I'm not saying there can't be another Sylvie, but it is weird that that's a name that's very much attached to a long-standing Thor character, and they're they're using that name if it would be for someone else. So that's leading people to believe that Enchantress will indeed be in this movie. We don't know uh, who will be playing. I mean, I said movie. I meant TV show. Um, we don't know who will be playing her. Um, there were rumors that maybe it'd be Sophie 
uh, DiMartino, but now it seems like she'll be playing a female Loki, so that's probably not who it is. But what do you guys make of Enchantress making her MCU debut in uh, Loki? This has been kind of, uh, this has been called for for a long time. A lot of people have wanted to see Enchantress in the first three Thor movies that we haven't got her yet. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board for it. I mean, I think, and I think the Loki show is a good, a good kind of avenue for that as well. I mean, Tom Hiddleston. I feel like having Tom Hiddleston as a car, as the star, and her as a co-star. Um, uh, it kind of, it, it kind of. I feel like he's very easy to riff off of, and he's so good at at that role that I feel like I feel like he's going to bolster her character a lot. And uh, and especially since Loki is like he's good on screen, but I also feel like he doesn't hog the screen in a way. Just his presence doesn't hog the screen. Like I feel like he works, and maybe it's because I've only seen him as more of the villain or so, or supporting role. But he feeds like, off the energy of other the energy of other actors. Um, you know, he's not a Tony Stark, larger than life oh, right. kind of guy. The camera you know, follows. Camera him. follows him. Kind of presence. I think that's going to lend itself well to Enchantress. So I mean, I'm I'm all on board for it. I'm very much looking forward to seeing her character on screen. Um, do I think that this is automatically this automatically means Enchantress is going to play a huge role in Loki? No. Um, I think there's a I, I think it makes sense to put her in. I, I think it's made sense for years to put mm-hmm. Enchantress in a Thor story, but they've they've shied away from it for years and. Mm-hmm. Putting her in Loki would make sense. Um, yeah, I also don't. I mean, I think this is. Well, I think it would be cool if she were in it, but like, I mean, we've seen so many IMDb's. Right, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I just feel like I've seen like, I don't know, I don't know other examples, but like, I just feel like we've seen other things of like a name. I mean, you saw Harley Keener. Well, the Harley Keener. Well, he was in it. Well, yeah, well, not yeah. Technically, he was in it. Technically, you know. So even like the Emma Furman. Playing what you call it? Playing uh, Abby uh, from what you call it, Ant Man's daughter. Yeah. Um, that that's the. So we've seen that before, but I just wonder if we've seen like, you know, the actor or actress is playing like the the person who, with the first name, and we're like, oh, this name is so like synonymous with this person, and it mm-hmm. just ends up being a completely generic character. Like right. they could just be messing with people, <laughs> making her name be. Sylvie. And it's like she's just a regular little girl, or she's. It could be Loki messing. It could be like a fourth wall type of thing where it's kind of a tease. I don't know, but um, or it could just be an Easter egg. It could be a very major Easter egg of you know Loki kind of referencing a character in the Thor lore that we haven't seen yet that we may not see. Um, but as we know, these shows and movies are going to be uh, on Disney Plus are going to be so. Uh, so necessary to watch uh and so high profile that i don't think it would be beneath enchantress to be a part of the story um so i i although i think she could have held her own as a thor villain in her own right uh and i think she i would have done her in ragnarok over hella or some version of that but um or the dark world but you know overall though i think that this could be much to do about nothing uh, I think it, this is connected to Enchantress on some level, but I don't think that this necessarily means that 
you know, Enchantress is the villain of Loki or Enchantress is going to play a major role in the show. Uh, because, again, this is another one where it's like, while we don't know a lot about it, nothing that we've heard so far has said anything about Enchantress playing a role in it. So you throw Enchantress in there, does that deviate from whatever the main story is supposed to be? Right. And what's interesting is the Enchantress that's Sylvie Lushton is a newer Enchantress. This isn't the original Amora Enchantress who that's the one we're probably most familiar with that people who have read Conbos for Thor or have, you know, watched cartoons or other media for Thor. That's the part of the enchantress you've seen the most. Uh the Sylvie Enchantress, someone who you know, who uh took on the mantle through Loki. Which is also what makes that, you know, that very interesting is that this is a character who was given that those powers and, 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 and was was seen as a agent of chaos for Loki. And that's why I think Sylvie makes sense for Marvel's Loki show if that's where they're gonna go. But um, but yeah, it that was the thing I always thought about was like the fit with Loki because we've always thought of like Enchantress as being like you know someone who's like obsessed with like obtaining Thor's interest. You know, if this is the a different Enchantress that gives Marvel the freedom potentially that they probably wanted, you know, like they probably didn't want to be put in a box. Uh, in a way in which they had to do a specific story. Now, when you have someone who's newer, that gives you more avenues to do different things. So, um, I am I'm for it. I think that it it makes sense. I just the the question I'm gonna have with this Loki show, and I'll continue to have is like I I've never really watched a show that I could think of. I mean, maybe Breaking Bad would probably be the main show I've watched where like the the protagonist is not good like not good to the point where you shouldn't even like root for them ej you never watched dexter dexter i've never watched dexter no um i've heard that it started off strong the last season was awful um shout out to scott buck but i think uh, to me that's going to be interesting is who who do you put across from loki that makes him a that could be a foil and does he become heroic at a certain point is this Enchanted mm-hmm. character he creates ends up becoming such a monster that then you end up rooting for him. That's the question. I mean, we've seen Loki kind of go back and forth with helping with, you know, he's like, that's like his MO is that he, he goes back and forth from being the good guy to the bad guy to the good guy to the bad guy. So uh, I guess the show will be no different, but that's going to be my, my question is if he is going to be someone that you're trying to stop because he's creating so much havoc by going through the timelines and changing the timelines, like who do you put across from him? that's credible as someone to root for to stop him and if that's not the case how do you make him a credible person to root for you know i don't know the answer to that i I feel like you know enchantress is definitely a big enough villain and um it's unstable enough to make me feel like yeah if if loki was the person that needed to we need to stop them stop her then that's who we need but and that's just gonna be a question that, that 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 needs to be answered for marvel and, and the question about Sophia Martino is that, you know, we talk about her being Lady Loki, but on some level, isn't Enchantress already kind of a Lady Loki? Like, could that just be a working title? You know, like, or could that just be something where, like, that changes by the time the show comes out? Maybe she is Enchantress, but they refer to her as Lady Loki or she's Enchantress I mean, and Loki refers to her as Lady Loki, but she's actually Enchantress. Like, I like there could be some some shenanigans there as well because they they wear similar stuff so even in set photos 
they have a similar outfit, and people are like, well, is that yeah. Loki? I mean, she's yeah, a, is that she's her a, playing? Yeah, I mean, she's a master playing Loki. So Enchantress is obviously a master manipulator. Loki is a master of mischief. It's definitely in the same tree. Probably not the exact same thing, right? But you know, like, you know, I'm I'm sure there's definitely you could definitely make the case that like like you know yeah maybe they are pulling a fast one and this person that we think is playing a female Loki especially because like they all know that uh where we we know that there's a female Loki and that like so they would expect us to expect that to happen if they decided to put on hey there's gonna be a female Loki on the show that's not gonna be surprising to anyone so. It could, you're right, it could be them trying to pull a fast one and uh, them slowly kind of giving us the tea leaves that actually Sophia is playing Enchantress, which would be, it would be great if they did that. That would be really smart. Um, I think that's a good point, you know. I, because, I, like, in the set photos, like, she's blonde, like, she's wearing the green and, the, you know, gold potentially, but it's like, we're looking at that as, you know, she's female Loki, but, like, I mean, right. Enchantress also wears green and gold. And is blonde, so and Loki's not blonde, <laughs> so I'm like, even that's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't, I actually haven't seen these set photos, so I would have to. Shamari's trying to, yeah, trying to, yeah. I just pulled them up. Yeah, so I'm she's like blonde, see. but it looks like she's in the uh, the out the costume and whatnot. I'm trying to see, if I can pull it up. Yeah, Loki like looks like a cop. I mean, it's all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah, people going crazy on Twitter. But um, oh yeah, I always always try to avoid the set photos. But I mean, we're talking about it, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she is blonde, and it would make sense. But uh, yeah, I guess, and then of course we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I I know, like, I just can't believe that we're like. We're just right on the precipice of like a true. I know we can argue, the argument can be made. We've been in a Marvel Renaissance, like, and the argument would be fair and accurate. But I just feel like, like once we get to, um, Winter Soldier and Falcon, like we're gonna be in it. Like the amount of superhero content we're gonna have is just gonna be so massive. <laughs> it's gonna be potentially overwhelming. Because I don't think we even truly understand it. Like, the idea that there's going to be a Loki TV show that's going to be on for six to eight weeks. There's going to be a Winter Soldier TV show on the six to eight weeks. We would have came out of uh, Black Widow. There's going to be Eternals later on that year. Then next year, we have more movies and more shows. Like, Marvel is entering a new era that's that's going to be, oof, I can't wait, man. I just think that we're really in a treat for what we'll be uh, seeing from Marvel. Speaking of a treat... I gotta, I you know, guilty as charged, man. I'm not someone who tries to uh, hype beast or fanboy over too much stuff that happens with this stuff because you know while we are fans, I'm gonna always try to keep that fan perspective. I also try to uh, bring engaging commentary, and I don't think hype beasting or fanboying is necessarily engaging. I thought this Batman mobile, this Batmobile that uh, DC Matt Reeves gave us last week, I think that is the best Batmobile we've ever seen. I, I think that wow. it's not close. You uh, playing prisoner of the moment? I don't think I am. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that there are people online who would say that I am and that I am hype beasting and I am uh, fanboying, but I don't care. I think that, <laughs> as Beyonce would say, I don't care. Um, 
I think this is pretty much, it has all of the elements of the other Batmobiles while keeping it looking like a car, which is what a lot of people wanted. Um, and also adding a little bit of flavor to it by having like the kind of Mustang Chevy look to it, similar to like a something you would see in the Fast and Furious. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the case to be made to dislike this Batmobile. I think that, you know, while we're all kind of still dissecting the Bat costume, I don't think there's any any way we could we could uh we could, you know, say anything bad about this this Batmobile in my opinion. But I don't know. I haven't actually talked to you guys about it, so I'm here curious to see what you guys thought. I think this Batmobile looks fantastic. Yeah, um I thought it was cool. You know, definitely gave me the first thing I thought of gave me the Adam West vibes with the red yeah. and the black and uh it's it, it's the first Batmobile that we've seen that is very practical. <laughs> you know, it's like very very real. Um typically we get these Batmobiles either look like, you know, look insane a spaceship or they look like a military, you know, tank. Got in the, in the dark night, where I'm like, that can, that's not driving around in the, in the streets of any of any major city, but without being stopped, or somebody being like, what is this? You got some kind of weird, crazy, funky design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like you know a limo or something ridiculous. Yeah. This actually looks like a real car and something that's high performance. So, um, but then yet still retro, and the retro aspect is what I want to focus on because have they confirmed when this is taking place? That's a great question, Kendall, because I'm starting to see people raising that same question. Because we 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 asked this question. Some people have asked this question when the 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 set photos have come out, and like you know, some of the stuff they're using is a little more retro looking. And it's like, all right, they still haven't really said. Kind of like kind of like the Gotham conundrum. Yeah, a little bit of a Gotham vibe, where it's like it's we, like we get one thing that's super high tech, but yet they're using iPhones. Yeah, like, right, they're, they're using you like know. you know regular. It looks like right. the rotary, the old phones. Where right. you gotta spin the thing. Yeah, the rotary phone and the GCPD, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so yeah. I even Joker is also kind of ambiguous when that takes place, but at least you know, like, all right, Tom Swain, Joker, like it's not going to be in 2020. Um, do we know when this takes place? No, we don't, and that's and you know I was obviously I've I've come out with some source reporting on this movie, on this show. That's not any information I have in terms of when if it's if it's the past if it's current. I wouldn't know. I'm trying to think back on my conversations to see if there was any tells that would maybe make me guess one way or the other. But I, I wouldn't. I I can't. Like you know. There, there are certain things about the movie that I haven't said on this show and to you guys that, like, you know, I I know that happens that does involve time, but it has nothing to do with when time the show, period. yeah, when the show takes place. So I mean, excuse me, when the movie takes place. So that's hard to really say, you know. I I, I it is a great question. I, again, I've heard some people mm-hmm. raising it. If this uh movie ends up being a period movie that's not two thousand and twenty, whatever period you want to make it sometime in the past will that will you will that give you a negative view on this movie going in in if that's the case no not at all no i mean i think it would be interesting um apparently someone has already seen you know pointed out that the the batmobile is based on a 1970 plymouth barracuda car 
So this is it's a 1970 car. It's very old. Yeah, some people said that 72 Dodge uh, Challenger. So 70s. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a very old car. Um, I mean, I would. I mean, it wouldn't make me feel bad at all um, about the movie, really at all. I mean, the Joker seemed to be. It was kind of a had an older feel to it, kind of a period piece feel to it a little bit at times. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. I I'd, I'd be open to them telling me the story if this does turn out to be also be partially a period piece on some level. Um, uh, but yeah, either way, I love the Batmobile. I thought the Batmobile. Um, I mean, I think it I think it was great personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had to. I had to see it in action, and some people point this out. They're like, "Okay, it looks good, but I want to see what it can do." That's always something that that's kind of a staple of Batman: is seeing what his Batmobile can do, uh-huh. seeing all the tech, all the gadgets, all the crazy stuff that he can do. I mean, this so looks very see. minimalist, to be honest. It does. Yeah, which makes me even more curious as to what. This Will there even be a transformation? That's my thing. I mean, I don't, I don't have to see it. You know, Bumblebee. You know, some kind of crazy, <laughs> you know, Megazord. Right, I, don't, I don't think we meant that kind of transformation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody thinks Batman's riding in an, auto, an Autobot. <laughs> you know, because I just wonder, like, you know, it, like you said, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot to it until, but maybe there's that scene in the third act where then, you know, he uses it and you're like, oh, man, I didn't really add that in here or, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't really could do that. And it starts flying or something crazy and you're like, whoa, I mean, I fly. Well, I think, I think the reason why I – but the reason why I think I loved it so much also was because we got to remember this is Batman very early on in his time. This is year two Batman. And, like, of course he's going to have other Batmobiles. He's going to expand to something that may look more like the other Batmobiles we've seen. But if you told me that some guy is in the second year of going around and beating the crap out of – you know, muggers and villains in alleys, and he decided to get a car that was souped up to do what he needs to do to drive around Gotham City and get to places in time he needs to get to. I feel like, if we were being realistic, the car would look something like this. It wouldn't look like the Tumbler, you know? It wouldn't look like what we the other Batmobiles we've seen. Like, it would take him time to get to that, you know? He has all the money and resources, but just for someone who's just starting, you would think that, you know, like getting just a car and souping it up would probably make the most sense. But I think it's, they, it, it has enough of the Batmobile look to it, the color, the, uh, you know, the, the, the rocket engine in the back. Like there's, there's enough there that, you know, that it is the Batmobile still. But I think the fact that it is minimalist makes sense considering he's in year two of his venture as a vigilante. Yeah, I mean, I think it could. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like um, it could be a part of his his evolution as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in future movies, I think this is another staple of kind of Batman is seeing the evolution of the Batmobile as yeah. well. So I feel like in future movies, we'll see it get upgraded. We'll see you get more tech. We'll see you get more stuff, and that's going to be like a whole other element uh, to seeing him. So. What are we missing from this movie? Because we've gotten the bat suit, although EJ hasn't seen the ears and that. No, 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 no. To be fair, I did see the ears in the in the in the motorcycle, the motorcycle. 
thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Right. Yeah, those, but that one didn't have the full cape, so I'm still holding out. Right, still haven't had the full bat suit. I know, until I see the full bat suit, I'm not passing any judgment, man. But, you know, so what uh, What haven't we seen? I mean, I guess we haven't seen the villains. Yeah, so I would say that's, that's the biggest thing I'll, to me, is we haven't seen the, the villains. Yeah, I was just reading a thing where Zoe Gravitz just said she said the Catwoman costume is incredible. I've heard that too. Um, so I mean, I mean, hey, that that's what we gotta see. We gotta see the other the villains and the other characters. Man, you know, uh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan said, you know, the Fantastic Four costumes were great. All right, okay. I'm sure Miles Teller Always. said the script was awesome. <laughs> Fantastic Four, man. <laughs> the costumes weren't bad. That wasn't the problem I had with sure, Nicholas Cage. Look, like, Michael man, B. That, Jordan, that Ghost Rider Two script. Look, man. First of all, Michael B. Jordan was younger in his career. He wanted to make sure the check cleared. You know, so we gotta give him a little bit of a break for for any commentary he had on the Fantastic Four. He's a different. Trust me, Michael B. Jordan at this point in his career isn't saying that that costume looks great. He's in, he's probably calling his agent saying, "Yo, man, you gotta get get me the hell get out of here, out man." Of this, man. <laughs> I, I, Where's my buyout? <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever, whatever, I'll buy my own contract out, man. Whatever it takes. I ain't, I ain't getting attached to this garbage. You know, he ain't doing that now. But might be Jordan back then, getting his first big break. You know, he just trying to make sure people don't confuse him for Mike, for MJ. Yeah, that, that's all he care about. You know, he's worried. He was worried about people thinking that you know Jump Man was gonna be in the movie. So he was gonna say whatever he had to do to make sure that check cleared. Now it's a little different. Is there any? Like this seventies time period potentially, does that mean anything about like this movie being connected to the original movie, the original Batman? Like, is that going to end up being the inspiration? Because we also know the original Batman had a lot of villains, like the original Batman movie. No, oh, you mean the Tim Burton? Oh, you're talking about the original no, Batman. I'm talking about the Adam West. No, I don't think no, it's not going to be connected. No, not at all. Like, like I don't think that that is canon. But like, I mean, I is that the inspiration for this? Is that what they're, is that the vibe? Oh, that, I mean, maybe. he's going for possibly. Should yeah. we watch that movie again to get a feel for maybe what this movie could take things from? I mean, possibly, but I think it's gonna be very loose. I mean, even with seeing, you know, what we've seen in terms of the costume, even yeah, the costume mean, that was like white. that's a heavy metal costume. Yeah, nothing like Adam West. I well, mean, this ain't no gonna be no Adam West. And Matt Reeves has been very, you know, close vest with what he said, but the the words he's continued to use are noir. And I don't get noir from Adam West Adam, Batman at all. So yeah. he may take little things from here and there. There may be little things, but I don't. Yeah, I just I'm, don't know. If I'm sure be, there will be little things. Yeah, but I don't know if it's to say that you know. Oh, you should watch the Adam West Batman to get a feel for what this movie's gonna be. It just doesn't. It, unless he's been lying to us, like it just. It's just not that that feel and what he's been trying to convey is nothing like what we've seen from Adam West. Right. You know. So it just. Again, unless he's, he was doing a major, a major swerve. I don't know why that'd be necessary, but if he, that's what he was doing, then maybe. But otherwise, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think that perhaps, yes, there'll be some inspiration, but I don't think it'll be a main inspiration. I think him posting that Batman year one panel tells me what he's, what mindset he's in. The fact that he wants to get into the detective brain of Batman tells me what kind of mindset he is. The fact that, again, he keeps continuing saying that this movie is a noir style movie that tells me what kind of uh, vibe he's in and that none of that screams Adam West so I I can't take too much into that aspect of it um I think we're at the point in the show now guys though where we should do our recap of Supergirl so this is episode 14 the bodyguard um I'll be honest this episode kind of kind of I was kind of in and out of this one 
you know, this one didn't really, uh, it, it didn't really grab my attention yeah. very this much. This was very skippable, honestly. Yeah, yeah, super yeah, skippable. yeah. I think the only thing, I guess, that in terms of plot points that were important that came out of this was um, Kara's going to give Homeboy a shot, finally. Um, yep. Uh, I can't Which remember his name. William? Yeah, William. Thank you. Yeah, I think of William. First of all, yeah. I got to say, man, I don't know. I just feel like his character... I don't know. I, 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 his character annoys me, and I, I, that probably is bad because I'm a journalist, so I shouldn't feel that way. But like, I know he kind of explained it that he was being a jerk because he wanted to. He was looking into Andrea being a criminal potentially, but he seemed so like he was like a sociopath, like a legit sociopath, for like the first six, seven, eight episodes, to the point where he looked like he couldn't even like have real interactions with real people like i don't know y'all remember how he was acting like it looked so he was he couldn't he didn't make eye contact he was his, he was all over the place like it's just weird to then see him now become rico suave over the last five four or five episodes since he revealed that you know his friend was killed and that's why he's been acting like this and now like he never puts on that other character around the other people which is why it doesn't make any sense to me like, okay, you, you determine that Andrea isn't like a villain, like a villain in, in your head, even though she's we know she has some ties to Leviathan. Like, but you've acted a certain way to people. Like, like now you, you're acting totally normal. Like, wouldn't people be like, hey, he's acting kind of different now, like way better than he was before? No one's kind of brought that up. Like, it just seems really like like the, from a storytelling standpoint, it just seems ri- completely ridiculous in my opinion. Um. But he's getting the shot now, which is is good. Um, I still don't, I, I don't find him still very interesting. So for me to get inter- invested in this love interest, they're gonna have to give me more with this guy than what they've already given me. The other aspect of it, in terms of major story plot point, was I guess Lex getting much closer to Leviathan, and that storyline i'm still having trouble you maybe you guys can help me out to figure out what exactly his end goal is i guess he's determined and brainy's determined that you know leviathan will cause havoc and that is within his own self-interest concerning so he's trying to get closer to them but i don't know is he trying to take them out is he trying to join them it's kind of hard to me to understand what his end game is and not in a way that's like good for television it's like more confusing so maybe you guys can help me out with what you think you've seen from this i mean i think that um i mean just in terms of lex it's been it's i mean he's been he's been changing up a lot of stuff i he's been very secretive to everybody including the audience i think (laughs) when it comes to uh what exactly his end game is i mean he says he wants to get close to leviathan it seems to me like he wants to take them out or at least like make it so that they're a non-issue, because I think this is basically Lex's utopia, because he had the whole Book of Destiny thing and he changed everything, so everything's how it quote unquote should be. And Leviathan is a threat, so I think he wants to take out the threat by whatever means necessary. Whether that means he takes them over, he joins them, he takes them out, whatever. But whatever the case may be, I think he just needs to get close to them so that he can do that. Um, so I think from what I gather, that's what he's doing. But again, he's being super secretive about it. And I don't know. And his plans seem to be changing on the fly. He seems to be working with Lena now. For I mean, I don't know how long that's going to last. 
or what his end goal is with that. You know, I can barely tell when he's lying, which I think is good, you know, with Lex because he's super conniving. And I remember in the Smallville days, I never knew what the hell Lex was. <laughs> I never knew what he was trying to do, whether he was a good guy, a bad guy. I don't even know. But, um, but yeah. So, um, overall, I thought the episode was very forgettable. You know, you had your, you had your, you know, Geomancer, whatever villain, throwaway villain. Um, you know, making Supergirl look weak for some yeah, reason. The wife, the, the, the wife of the yeah, guy. The wife. Uh, yeah, the wife of the guy. The company. Yeah. You know, making taking Supergirl's powers, taking Martian Manhunter's powers, making them look like they're weak. I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know. Yeah, way to bury, sure. way to bury your talent. <laughs> you know, like, all right, great. You know, just random gauntlets on the black market. Yeah, boom. Supergirl can't do nothing. Martian Manhunter yeah, can't do nothing. It's to the point where she's like, like all right, okay. You can't stop me. What do you? Why you? You can't talking? stop me. And she's like, yeah, I know I can't stop you. I'm like, You're right. I'm like, damn, Supergirl, okay. you can't stop her. Can't do anything with her. But yeah, I mean that story they told. I mean, I thought there was some good emotion, I guess, in some of those scenes, some of that story. But for the most part, it just wasn't anything that I cared about. You know, so like, you know, it, it, again, very skippable. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this show sometimes, man. Yeah, man. Like they've been on a roll. It is what it is. They've been on a roll. Uh, I feel like the last three, four episodes have been very interesting. You know, yeah, stuff with Brainy and Lex. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about last week or a couple weeks ago the Mr. Spitlick episode. Yeah, even that episode. Yeah. I, 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 I just wanted to skip that episode. Right. Because I was tired of him. Yeah. But it ended up being somewhat interesting. Yeah, it ended up yeah. actually being good. You know, it was, uh, it was the 100th episode. They tried to do a little, you know, it's a wonderful life thing. With, yeah. You know, the what ifs. And it was, it was cool. But then they they come out with this episode that just feels totally disconnected from anything they've been doing, and like didn't end up being that great. So I don't know. I mean, the the Supergirl Williams stuff feels kind of forced. It feels like I feel like we yeah, have I this. I don't like that. I don't, I'm not even someone that likes pairing people. I don't like that couple. Yeah, Shamari, you're not, you're not shipping uh, William and Kara. Krillium. Well, I think it's because we don't know who he is. Like, I, like they told us yeah. he was a different guy for the whole season, or for half the season. And then they just completely 180 switched. And, and the guy they were showing before was awful. Like, I just, I, he didn't right. bring anything and, to the table. And now he's kind of just generic, milquetoast, handsome guy. Right. And but what I, what I don't like is when we talk about Wakara is, this is now, like, I feel like it's happened multiple times where, like, she, she doesn't want to be with somebody, but, like, Alex or someone around her is like, you got to do it. Like, follow your heart. You know, this yeah. is what you want to do. And it's like, she's like, ah, she caves. And it's like, I, like, I've seen this before. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've, yeah. I've seen this before. And now we're getting it again. And I'm like, this time it feels even more forced. Because, like you said, they completely turn this character upside down. Yeah, exactly. And he's just very, very cookie cutter. So it's like, I, I don't know. I I don't think this is even gonna last that long, which is even more like I'd be surprised if this lasted more than one season. I agree, more than one season. I was I, I thought you were say more than one episode. <laughs> I don't know if it would be that I bad, but that. but like I like I, I don't know what his character is gonna end up being, but I, there's gonna be some twist or some turn. I mean, I I just hope there's something more to William. It's just right now they're not giving me enough to be invested and. I don't know, and like, I think I think you make a good point, Kendall. Like the point that like the issue that Kara is is torn over is an issue we've seen her go over in her head a million times. 
It's, oh, I'm going to put people in danger. And the more I bring people in, the more dangerous it gets. And it's better if I'm just by myself. She did it with Jimmy. She did it with Monel. Now she's doing it with, and there may be another person I'm forgetting. Uh, but I know those two guys for sure. And now there's this other guy. I just feel like I'd rather her just like be in a fairly successful relationship. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, this like will she or won't she thing, it's like is played out. Like, we don't need to see it anymore. And I just wish that if, the, if this is going to be something, I just wish it was someone who was way more interested. Mostly, this is um, slightly off topic, but you guys see that uh, she's having a kid with Chris Wood. I did see that. We get yeah. We should give. I don't have obviously. We don't have a sound effects on this show yet. But round of applause, absolutely for Chris Wood and Melissa Benos. Yeah, yeah. shut up. But you know the the angle I want to go with is what's the. Ken was like, all right, yeah, forget about the shout outs and the congratulations. Let's get to the let's get to the news. I mean, they give us a lot of content. I mean, it, well, yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm happy for them. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it's still, it's still a good thing, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I wish them all the best. Yeah. But I guess for me, I'm just like, what's the future of? Kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> what, what's the future of this uh, show? Because at least next season, how are they going to film it? You know, are they going to write her off the show for for a period? Are they going to halt? The postpone the release for a little bit. I know we have a Superman show coming out, so that kind of actually helps them. Yeah, but I, I mean, to me, because this wasn't planned, obviously. This, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. We don't know. It could have been planned. <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> yeah, there. Are, no, like I mean, there are people who who plan kids for sure, and they say we're gonna do it this time, and they make sure we are rich is way easier to plan it. So, I mean. If that is a great question. I mean, I've heard nothing about the show being in jeopardy in any way. It was picked up for a new season. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? That has happened already. Didn't yeah, they yeah. renew all of them? Yeah. So a new season is happening. But yeah, I mean, I, we all, I mean, you couldn't help but think, okay, how are you going to do a Supergirl with Kara? You know, is she pregnant? I mean, is Kara going to be pregnant? Are they going to? I can't imagine that's going to be a storyline they, they go down at all. So if that's not where they're going to go, how do they manage around this? And I definitely feel like it's very possible that maybe let's have a late start. Uh, maybe that Superman show ends up kind of replacing Supergirl in the lineup for the first half of the right. season. And maybe by the start of 20, uh, that would be what, 2021 at that point? Maybe then... Maybe the episodes start, you know, in January or February of 2021, and they go from February, you know, through the summer. Because you literally can't have a a, a pregnant Supergirl. Like, you could have the story eventually, I guess, you know, if we get to, like, season 10. But I'm saying, like, you can't have... You can't go for You can't go like, for as business as usual with with, with Melissa Benos, you know, yeah, not, set, right. six, There's seven, eight months pregnant. There's no way. Yeah. It would be hard to write around that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like, for a period, I'm sure, right, like, right now, you might be able to do it and we're fine, but, like... It's not just Days of Our Lives or something. And right. Like, yeah, and, like, there are shows that have absolutely had, like, actresses pregnant. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I yeah. don't know, you guys, we all watch the game. I mean, there's one season where Tia Maori is very pregnant, right. and it's kind of crazy that they don't acknowledge it. They try to, you know, but it's kind of crazy how they are able to dress her in certain ways that, like, 
it's not completely obvious and shoot her in ways in which it's not completely obvious but it's like if you've seen her for four seasons then you see this season it's very clear oh okay she's pregnant through this season but again when it's supergirl and like it's there's, i don't i just don't know how yeah i just don't know how you're and if she has to be action she's gonna be on wires like i don't know how you even with all the stunt double work you can do i don't know if you can get away with that i don't know i it seems like that would be impossible, but you never, you never really know. Maybe there is something that they could do that we don't, we're not foreseeing. But the only thing I can guess is what I said is I think that they will probably switch out Superman for Supergirl for fall. Like we won't have Supergirl in the fall, I would say. Then maybe we'd have Supergirl in maybe late winter or even even early May potentially. I mean, uh, early March, uh, early uh, fall, uh, spring. You know, like that, you know, may, and maybe the show goes from early spring and it goes through the summer. And I don't know. I, but that is going to be definitely, you know, something I got to work around. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, obviously, of course, shout outs to Melissa Benos and to Chris Wood. Uh, I know a lot of fans, you know, really like those two actors and what they brought to the table. So, you know, of course they're a married couple now. So it's a, uh, it's a great that, 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 you know, that's happening for them. Hopefully, uh, yeah, the show will, will, will continue to thrive. This episode wasn't my favorite at all. Probably my least favorite of the season. And I think, I just, I feel like this show, I know, I think I have said on this show that I felt this show has best found its footing since, uh, great. Crisis, and I would still, and I still feel that way, to the point where I think that this is where I, that's why you have this like very clear filler episode, because they found it pretty so well. They're able to say, okay, we know where we're going. Like, let's kind of just um, trade water. Yeah, yeah. We need to get. We have a couple mm-hmm. episodes where we get to our story. I guess the only thing I think I'm concerned about is just I think that I think I need more clarity on what Lex is doing. That's just the only part that's been a little trouble for me to figure out. And even this episode, like he, like it just Lex is like the la- when they introduced him, like they did such a great job of explaining. Like in the end, remember they had that like flashback episode or flashback scene where they kind of explained yep. how he was involved in everything, and it fits so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like now that he's in the fold, like but they're not showing us all he's doing. They're gonna have to recreate that, you know. Like they're gonna have to be able to show us, hey, like. Even though we still see him, he's still making these machinations behind the scenes or he's making these moves that maybe you don't see coming. But like if you didn't watch these episodes back or you think about how these things fit together, it'll all make sense. I'm a little concerned about whether or not they'll be able to land that plane yet because it just seems like right now he's kind of like trying to get within Leviathan just for the sake of getting in Leviathan. Like I don't know what his end game is and it doesn't seem very clear what his end game is, but he's like Luthor, just like Enchantress. But without power, he's a master manipulator. So and that's another thing too. I would say there is one thing I don't know if you guys want to touch on this. I do feel like does anyone think he it, like it's coming too easy for him? Like Leviathan was pinned as this very big monster, and it seems like his interactions with Gemma, he's kind of working his way with into the system fairly easily, right? Does anyone think uh, that it's coming I, too easy for him? Like, it, I think it is. I mean, a little. The only thing that helps is that he's, like, the most powerful man in the world, kind of. Or one, definitely one of the most powerful people in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I understand. 
he's probably, I mean, at least in DC Canada, he's one of the most brilliant minds in the world, not the most brilliant mind in the world. So, I mean, I, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, it is kind of like, okay, these are like superhuman beings that see themselves as gods right. on, on some level. So it's kind of like weird, but I mean, you know, I mean this, I can, he's Lex Luthor, so I can buy it. I see you. Any, any last thoughts, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually interested for the Lex Luthor storyline because, like Shamari mentioned about the whole, you know, Lex Utopia thing, like, it almost may be crescendoing to him actually having a uh, positive, you know, look. And it seems like he's, he's had kind of this new lease on life. That's kind of the conversation he had with Lena Luthor. It's like, you know, I had my... I picked my road last time, and it was yeah, to destroy he, Superman, and, he, you know, I don't want you to go down that road again. This is kind of his second shot. So I don't want them to completely take away from that moment um, by having them then, you know, join the Alliance in or team up with them or do something to take out Supergirl again, make him the villain. But, you know, I still go back to what I said to, to EJ a couple of weeks ago, that I think this will end up, on some level, being a brainy being the villain storyline and even at the end it seemed a little ad- adversarial between him and uh lex and uh in that last scene so i i, I could end up seeing a lex versus brandy type of thing at some point uh, at the end of the season maybe leading into season six but and the, the 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 development of lex luthor's character is going to be one of the few interest say one of the few one of the some of one of the interesting things to uh to look at uh going forward for the rest of the season absolutely man but that's going to be where we wrap this show guys so i hope you guys appreciate listening to this edition of the new generation hero talk podcast Of you can catch all of our shows on apple Podcasts, soundcloud i uh, soundcloud stitcher tune in um you can also uh, find us on YouTube, New Generation Media. We'll be having some new videos up uh, very soon, sports videos. So if you love sports, you love basketball, keep your eyes out for that. Also, uh, follow us on social media. You can find Shamari on Twitter, MCSham22. Oh, Snapchat, on Snapchat, 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 Instagram. Snapchat, Instagram, sorry, MCSham22. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, EG underscore Stewart, Action EJ on Instagram. Uh, and on Facebook, you can find our New Generation Media at New Generation Media, or you can find us on Twitter at New Generation Pod, or you can find us on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. That'll be it for this show. So, hope you guys enjoyed. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Peace.